Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Renting a home is a real challenge now in this country. And the most expensive place in the country is Vancouver. Rental prices are the highest. A one-bedroom apartment has reached an average, as I understand it, of more than $3,000 a month. Two-bedroom apartments, so a lot more. Robert Patterson is a lawyer and tenant advocate at the Tenant Resource and Advisory Center in Vancouver, a.k.a. TRAC, and he joins us on the Roy Green Show. Robert, thank you very much for the time. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so one-bedroom apartment, on average, costs $3,000 per month. 16% increase in one year. So I have to ask you, is there any real tenant protection under law in British Columbia? That's a great question. I think you really get to the crux of it. I mean, when you see these kind of rent increases year over year for vacant units, what it's kind of showing us is that our current protections are insufficient. So we have a... a for tenants that are in existing tenancies, there are limits on how much rent can increase year over year. But what that does is also is create a profit incentive for landlords to try and evict people. And we hear constantly from tenants who are terrified of losing their home, knowing that you know if they've been there for even one, two, three years, but especially if they've been there long term, they tend to be seniors on fixed incomes, the loss of a home it sort of equates to the loss of being able to have really any home in their community. And it's gotten to the extent where it might be any home in beyond their community to their city maybe even the province. So it's a, absolutely a huge thing tenants are terrified about. And the pro- on, on layer on top of that, the fact that we don't have adequate protection for evictions, in particular, landlord use or no-fault evictions, which you know recent data shows comprises 85% of our evictions in BC. We're the eviction capital of Canada, and almost all of our vast majority of tenants are losing out their homes for no fault of their own, and often just so landlords can flip the units and make more money. So how does the landlord do that legally? How does the landlord in British Columbia say, I want those people out so I can get people in who are going to pay me more? Yeah. So, I mean, interestingly, there's probably not a legal way to do it insofar if they're using a no-fault eviction because a landlord is required to be acting in good faith. They have to have a good faith intention to use the unit for the the purpose that's stated on the eviction notice. So, for example, if they're saying, I'm going to move my parent in, they have to truly intend for that parent to move in. Uh, And then subsequently, the parent actually has to move in or else the tenant may be able to claim compensation. A couple problems with that, though. First, if you know the, the eviction does go through, either because the tenant doesn't dispute the eviction notice, perhaps because they're concerned that if they lose, they may be only given 48 hours to move, as that is the residential tenancy branch's often standard practice, um, then if the parent does move, doesn't move in, they're entitled to 12 months of rent as compensation. Uh, but there's so much profit to be made, and honestly, the more vulnerable the tenant, the lower the rent, the more possible profit and the less compensation for that tenant, um, that it's really not doing an adequate job of disincentivizing landlords from taking that route. So the word uh, is greed. Yes, I, I mean, I would agree. Uh, there, uh, ultimately, these wave of evictions, the things that are challenging and pushing tenants out of their homes, is, uh, in many, many cases, uh, greed, the desire to make more money to maximize profit from a, an investment. Okay, so what might it cost me if I were to move to Vancouver? What might it cost me, <clears throat> excuse me, to rent a comfortable but not exclusive two-bedroom apartment in the city? What would it cost? 
It's very challenging to say. I mean, one problem I think many people run into is simply finding anything that is available. Um, and oftentimes that pushes people into sort of precarious housing situations. People have to find roommates to live with or find an existing tenant who needs roommates. And those living situations may not be as covered by the Residential Tenancy Act. There may be fewer protections there. Um, but, you know, if you can get into one, I think the, the recent data shows that vacant units are looking around $4,000. But I think what we've seen now is like one of the reasons these prices are pushed so high is because for years, the existing unaffordability has already pushed people into more and more creative situations, dividing up rental units between multiple tenants, you know, putting four people in a one bedroom or four or five people in a two bedroom, at, or, you know, what have you. Um, people renting uh, parts of dens or solariums. I mean, I think the signs have been there for a long time that the approach we're taking to housing isn't working by sort of pretending that we can, that the market will deliver the housing we need if only we tweak some policy levers. Uh, that has shown to be not to not be the case. That, and that approach, if we continue it, is just going to lead us further and further you know, on the road we're going on. We need a, a market departure from that. We need a massive investment in non-market housing that hasn't really happened since probably the early 90s when the federal government pivoted out of, house, pivoted out of the housing game. There are some promising signs that we're trying to get back into that model, providing more non-market housing, supports for co-op housing, social housing, non-profit housing. Um, but it's, you know, we're, we're coming at this. The building's already on fire. It's already, we're already in the midst of yeah. a five alarm yeah. fire. Um, it, we need to bring the hoses out, not the buckets. Uh, so we need yeah. drastic support uh, as fast as possible. Robert, if you're talking $4,000 a month for a two-bedroom apartment, you're talking fifty grand a year. So people who earn 60000 this is after-tax money, people who earn 60000 or 70000 pre-tax, out of the question. Absolutely. I mean, I think we're sort of to the point where I'm not sure who could afford to, first off, uh, and who can afford to rent on their own, um, given these prices. It really is only very high level of income earner. And second, uh, it's hard to imagine uh, people who can live on the, uh, sorry, with waking minimum wage. Anyone making anywhere close oh, to yeah. minimum wage, there's just nothing livable, unfortunately, in, uh. in our in pretty much. It's, and it's honestly not just Vancouver. If you look across the province, even smaller communities are impacted by this. Um, you know, it's, we don't get the same eye, you know, uh, eyebrow-raising numbers as you might get in Vancouver. Um, but the rate rising year over year has continued to outpace rent control, uh, the rent control stable, rent stabilization um, set in the Residential Tenancy Act. It's outpaced inflation. I mean, what does this really mean? It means a larger and larger proportion of really all the wealth generated in the province is going into the pockets of landlords. And, you know, some, some of those landlords are individuals who, you know, have been trying to claw their way into the housing market and they have a basement suite in their, in their building uh, and they're, you know, just trying to make that work. Um, but a lot of landlords, you know, probably the majority of landlords are people who own apartment buildings. You know, if you're a family, if you're a small family, but you happen to own an apartment building in BC, you're probably a multimillionaire. Um, if they also include larger companies, they include real estate investment trusts that are effectively in pooled investment funds that are investing in housing. And really, the only thing they care about is the bottom line. They want to see a stable and increasing return on investment year over year. And that need, that desire to continue to see not just healthy returns, but growing returns, is what's really putting the screws in this whole situation. Yeah, so um, today... And I, Sorry, but but today, oh, if I were looking to maximize uh, investment in Vancouver, I wouldn't put my money in the market. I'd put it into purchasing rental properties. For sure. And I mean, I think that's honestly a problem, right? Like on the one yeah, hand, is. you try to incentivize investment in housing. But what does that really mean? It's not really led to... The no, you're dealing with people. You're dealing with human beings. 
and a roof over their heads. Squeezing. What can you, final question for you, what can you do for the, uh, for renters in distress of track? Right. So a, a tenant who's facing a potential, you know, a landlord threatening to raise their rent or, uh, or to evict them if they don't agree to a rent increase, or indeed a tenant who gets an eviction notice, is free to reach out to track. We provide legal information on our tenant information line at 1-800-665-1185. If you go to our website at tenants.bc.ca, we have a lot of legal information as well. We do offer uh, limited re- legal representation to tenants going to the residential tenancy branch. Mm-hmm. I, I'll say that, you know, I've been at track for the last five years. The demand for our service has probably at least doubled over that time. Um, so we can't help everyone, but we do our best to provide as much legal information and representation okay. as possible. Um, and yeah, it's, it's uh, in the, t- the time when we are living through, a, you know, we yeah. live in the eviction capital of Canada, both as a province. Not a pro- that's not a good title to have. That is really not a good title to have. So if you, you can no. go online as well into a search engine and uh, enter track and they'll get that information as well. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.